<sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. The Bob Seska Show. Bob Seska. Hello, Seska. You're looking radiantly maternal. The Bob Seska Show. From our nation's capital, it is Tuesday, January 25, 2022. This is the Bob Seska Show on the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network. Hello. Hi. How you doing? I'm Bob. Hello, Bob. Hello. Day 371 of the Biden-Harris administration, 287 days until the 22 midterms. I am on Instagram. My handle is TheBobSeska. Follow me over there. Also, I'm on Twitter at BobSeska underscore go. And here comes Buzz. When you say Buzz, Yep. You've said it all. Good day, that's, my friend. Good day to you, sir. That's because that's because you are a dumb son of a bitch. That's <laughs> a, oh, hi. Peter Dancy in the background I, there. Huh? Yeah, I ran into him in the hall. Yeah, it's, uh, He's in your hallway. That shows you yes. how dumb he is. He needs exactly. to be up in Washington in the D.C. Bureau at Fox News. But he's in your What's, hallway. He's an What's idiot. he doing here? What's dumb he doing here? Dumb son of a bitch. Well, anyway, yeah, he's Bob, of course. I'm Buzz. And uh, one of us used to date the green M&M. <laughs> <laughs> Sexy. Leave it to you. Yeah, the uh, the female green M M&M and M character has been replaced by a less sexualized version. Uh-huh. After that rumor about her and the Three Musketeers, <laughs> there's a Pornhub vertical about that. I think reputation ruined. <laughs> well, those uh, those lovable scamps, the Proud Boys. <laughs> Uh, and uh, the Proud Boys and several thousand anti-vaxxers marched in Washington Sunday to protest mask and vaccine mandates. Mm-hmm. And it was like uh, 38 degrees in D.C., so most of them wore coats because, you know, you, you wouldn't want to catch a cold. <laughs> uh, over the weekend, uh, anti-vaxxer and Trump-loving quarterback Aaron Rodgers... Oh, God. You know how we love the sports yes. on this show. Well, Absolutely. over the weekend, uh, anti-vaxxer and Trump-loving quarterback Aaron Rodgers led his Green Bay Packers to defeat in the playoffs Aww. and likely ending his own NFL career. But don't feel too badly for Rodgers. He just landed a gig as medical advisor to Dr. Oz. <laughs> uh, blind leading the blind, huh? A uh, uh, real doctor, Dr. Anthony Fauci, yep. says uh, COVID cases in the U.S. are going in the right direction. Yes. I, I think he means toward Trump country. <laughs> For sure. Nailed it. And, uh, well, here it's here. Uh, the tax filing season began yesterday. Mm-hmm. And uh, this year, the IRS is reminding taxpayers, ivermectin is not deductible. <laughs> <laughs> 
Kick the pop, Saskatchewan. Go spreading now, everybody's learning how. Come on, get infected with me. Come on, get infected with me. Early in the morning, we'll be heading out. The virus will be coming along. We're loading up our woody, not a mask in sight. We won't be staying healthy too long. Come on, Corona, baby, wait and see. I'm gonna ignore the CDC. Come on with me, baby, let's head to the sea. We'll start a second wave, wait and see. Let's go spreading now, everybody's learning how. Come on, get infected with me. Come on, get infected with me. Yeah, Rocky Mountain Mike, Rocky, MNTN Mike on Twitter. Yes, indeed. A classic right there. Uh, because we got to talk about done with COVID. Apparently, this is a movement, a hashtag <laughs> now. We're uh, going full don't look up. But we're going to talk about that here in just a second. But, Buzz, Good. before we uh, dig into everything on the show today, I yeah. just want to say an official farewell and thank you to the great Ziggy Blue from our oh Patreon page. We lost, uh, in radio, we call them P1 listeners for preset one. That's the the first preset on your radio dial. And if you've got... Uh, you know, a particular radio station on that first preset, then you're listening to that radio station a lot. And uh, that's hence the uh, P1 moniker for your most loyal listeners. And Ziggy Blue was that guy. Ziggy Blue um, was uh, just so invaluable on our Patreon page. We called him the mayor of our Patreon page. And uh, God damn it, he uh, had an aggressive form of cancer that uh, started back in August. He had uh, a surgery back then. And uh, we were following along with that, and then uh, then the cancer came back, and so, oh man, it's been a uh, <clears throat> it's been a rough several days, and uh, coming Sorry. to terms with all that. I mean, just an all around great guy, baseball coach, disability advocate, dad, husband, just one of the really good guys. And it's going to be weird this weekend doing the indie music countdown, uh, which is our monthly countdown of all of our favorite indie music uh, here on the show. Uh, because Ziggy was like the main guy. Ziggy was like <laughs> like the, the groupie, the fanboy for all of our independent <laughs> bands here. And every time we did an Any Music Countdown, he would do like a review of all the songs on our Patreon page, give them all <laughs> letter cool. grades and so on. And he was always super duper fair. You know, I don't yeah. think anyone ranked lower than like a C plus. <laughs> but that was just, that was Ziggy. And uh, we're so sorry to see him go. And we wish our, our very, very best to his family, his wife, Jan, and all of his friends. And he had many, many friends. So uh, I'm sorry yeah, for, yeah. Your, for your loss and, uh, and theirs. I yeah. We've talked before about how, Radio was the intimate medium, and then podcasting came along, yes. and it was it is even more uh, intimate, uh, especially uh, in partnership with social media, mm-hmm. where we're allowed to to interact and and really develop relationships, uh, almost real friendships. I, yes. I think uh, with with people online, people we've never met, but uh, because we've been with them for years and we've been communicating for years, they become like friends, like family. It's as if you, it's as if you're real life friends. And uh, I guess in a way you are. And we appreciate all of our friends and, and yeah. all of our P- P1s, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, and and uh, fortunately we still have a lot of people who are, are dedicated listeners. And uh, we, we want them to know while they're still alive how very much we appreciate them. Those of you who don't uh, subscribe over on our Patreon page don't know this, but that is really the hub of people who who all occupy that P1 listener 
description. Right. And it's one of those places where you can go, our Patreon page and the comments especially, and you can feel comfortable with more or less like-minded people. There's no cheap shots. There's no flame wars going on over there. It's a very positive place to be. And Ziggy kind of set that tone. I didn't necessarily do it myself. It was all kind of Ziggy Blues doing. And people would follow his lead. And that's why I kind of, in a very ceremonial way, kind of put him in charge of the, the comments on our on our Patreon page. And so uh, we're going to miss him uh, yeah, badly. He leaves yeah, he a hole there, yeah, indeed, yeah. indeed. Wow. So, uh, yes. Uh, and, and cancer. I, I'm, I'm so over cancer. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. I hope the promise of the mRNA vaccines leading to more and more cancer cures will be Indeed. justice for all the people that we've lost so far. So that's my uh, fingers crossed thing. Um, okay, so tomorrow, Donna Halper returns to the show. Looking ah, forward to talking good. to the great Donna Halper. Excellent. She's one of our favorites here, a fan favorite, listener favorite, and uh, we're going to be talking about, well, we're going to be talking about everything with Donna tomorrow. <laughs> Plus, uh, here's a big deal. This is a, a, a also a big get. Not that Donna isn't a big deal, but next Wednesday, uh-huh. we're going to be talking to Malcolm Nance. Malcolm Nance is coming back oh, to the show. Man, that's great. And he's going to be speaking to us live from Ukraine. Oh, so, wow. Yeah. I, in fact, I was going to get him on for tomorrow. But he writes back and says, well, don't you want to talk to me when I'm in Ukraine? <laughs> I said, no. I said, absolutely, I want to talk to you while you're in Ukraine. So can we work this out? You're seven hours ahead if you're in Ukraine. So the great Malcolm Nance made accommodations for me to talk wow. to me on the show next Wednesday, live from Ukraine, which is amazing. So thanks to Malcolm yeah, very Stay cool. tuned next Wednesday. That's Feb 2nd, Groundhog Day. Hopefully it won't repeat over and over and over again, but uh, <laughs> you'll at least so, get it once. So coming up, Donna Halper and then Malcolm Nance. Malcolm uh, Nance. So people, people must not miss the Wednesday show. Absolutely. Yeah. And by the way, I, you know, talking about Patreon, BobSuskaShow.com if you want to join our Patreon page. Okay. So done with COVID is the uh, perfect illustration of one of our favorite movies for the past couple of months, Don't Look mm-hmm. Up. We talked about this a little bit last week, Buzz, with uh, David and Jody, because I got into a debate with Tom Nichols about this very topic. Uh, Tom Nichols from the Naval War, or formerly from the Naval War College. He's a, a Lincoln Project guy, if, never Trumper. If we, if we ever again engage in naval warfare, he's the guy we're going to turn to. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, he's been talking about the ridiculousness of continuing on with COVID protocol uh, for some time now. I was talking about it from a uh, policy point of view, a policy Policymaking, mm-hmm. bad policy. We're dealing with lots of bad policy with these mask mandates and so on. So we were sort of at the leading edge of this discussion. Plus, obviously, Bill Maher and Bill Maher's denialism going way back to the mm-hmm. fall, where right before Omicron hit, Bill Maher was on his show saying, "Hey, COVID's over." Stop uh, listening to the protocol. Don't worry about it. If you're vaccinated, the pandemic's over. But it kind of reached a new high watermark on Friday on Mars show where he had podcaster Barry Weiss on. And uh, this video has been making its rounds. I'm not going to play the audio because you've probably heard it, but it bears repeating what exactly it was she said. So 
Here's what she said on Bill Maher's show. To Bill Maher's delight and to the applause of the audience. A good deal of the audience, yes. Yes, exactly. So Barry Weiss says, uh, I did it all. I watched Tiger King. I got to the end of Spotify. We were told you get the vaccine and you get back to normal. And we haven't gotten back to normal. And it's ridiculous at that point. So I'm going to stop there mm-hmm. and say that <laughs> the fact that we couldn't go back to normal after a few weeks wasn't the fault of the vaccine or the people pushing the vaccine or the policymakers saying right. you need to go and get the vaccine. It had everything to do with the variant, with the Delta variant. Science. Yeah, science. with the, the science, exactly. Mm-hmm. So how can you say that this was something, it wasn't like someone, like the Wizard of Oz behind the curtain pulling the levers going, ha, hey, why you think you're done with the vaccine? <laughs> Well, think again. And he pulls the lever and then there's more COVID. That didn't happen. That's not the case. This is the nature of a pandemic. This is how it works. If only a fraction of the population ends up getting vaccinated against it, variants arise and we're never able to get out of it. Exactly. So, there's that. We part shouldn't. We shouldn't be surprised that Barry Weiss would take a stand like this, being yeah. a former op-ed writer for the Wall Street Journal. Um, <laughs> so there's, you know, that's your yeah. first clue right there. Yeah. It's not surprising that Bill Maher would have her on. It's not surprising that both of them would take this stance. And by the way, I stopped watching Maher before it was cool to stop watching Maher. <laughs> Good for you. All right. Uh, I, like at the very beginning of the pandemic yeah. is when I bailed on him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was. I was. You know. I. I always felt. I always liked the show. But I never liked him. Mm. Uh, so I would watch for the show and the guests and what they had to say. But uh, it got to the point where I could not tolerate him anymore for being such an a-hole to his audience, yeah. to his guests, uh, uh, you know, and, and just in general. Um, uh, I, so I, I bailed on him a long time ago. Uh, their position should not surprise us uh, I, at this point. But uh, he's now sp- using AT&T's... Uh, you know, AT&T's uh, HBO yeah. to spread disinformation. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I think that needs to be stopped just as much as Joe Rogan needs to be off Spotify. Yeah. Uh, because they're both, uh, and uh, you know, and shut down Fox and, and OAN and Newsmax as well. They're all just spreading disinformation and doing harm and uh, creating this cloud of doubt, this cloud of confusion that's keeping us from resolving the pandemic, uh, yeah, yeah. you know, and and you're right. Uh, the the more we ignore it, the more opportunity we give for new variants to arise. There's already a variant of Omicron. It doesn't appear to be as serious as as uh, it just doesn't appear to be more serious than Omicron. Uh, but th- that illustrates the point that variants can and will continue to rise, given the opportunity by people who refuse to follow common sense safety protocols. Yep, and the irony about what Barry Weiss has been saying, what Bill Maher has been saying, what some of the uh, done-with-COVID people have been saying is uh, that telling people that the pandemic is over by giving the impression that you yourself believe the pandemic is over and you're telling your audience about that, what that's going to do is guarantee that the pandemic will never be over because it's the complacency that is causing the rise of some of these variants. It's causing the continued spread of all of this. The inability to grasp the fact that uh, this is a serious matter 
that we need to take seriously, that we need to continue to follow the protocols, because otherwise it's going to keep going on and on, and it's never going to fucking end. Yeah, you know what? Guess what? We're all done with COVID. But most of us recognize that COVID isn't done with us. We don't have a choice in the matter. We're at another crossroads in, yeah. in this pandemic, and we've, we've been here before. Mm. Uh, the point we're at now is there's a very real possibility that this pandemic could be over by the end of March, mm-hmm. okay? Also, that that's true, but also true is in that period of time, new variants can emerge that could change that outcome completely. Oh, yeah. yep. Which path we take is completely up to us. And yeah, you can tell, you know already which way this is going. You've seen mm-hmm. the movie. You know how this turns out. <laughs> yeah. uh, and and it's very disheartening and, and disappointing. We can only hope that luck is on our side because... Uh, humans thinking about others isn't going to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that's really what this is about at this point. It's it's the people who are not getting vaccinated and not wearing masks are only concerned with themselves and have no regard for others. And the lesson that we learned from the movie is that the Fox News crowd that said, don't look up at the comet coming to destroy Earth that didn't change the fact that the comet was still coming to destroy the Earth. That's the insanity of this done-with-COVID bullshit. Barry Weiss continued by saying, I know that so many of my liberal and progressive friends are with me on this, and they do not want to say it out loud because they're scared to be called anti-vax or to be called science denial or to be, you know, smeared as a Trumper. Rightfully so. Anyone who says that the pandemic is over and we need to go back to normal life is out of their fucking mind. Well, it's also wishful thinking at play. I think yeah. there are progressives who are done with COVID. Sure. I think there I mean, are progressives yeah, yeah. who have decided, you know what? We're not going to beat this thing. I give up. Uh, let's just uh, roll the dice and take our chances. Good God. I, I, I do think that there's a lot of that because uh, the pandemic fatigue is very real. Uh, you mm. feel it. I feel it. We all feel it. Oh, yeah. Uh, some people are checking out because they've had enough. Uh whether COVID is done with them or not. Mm -hmm, Yeah. Meanwhile, uh, Barry Weiss continued. I think this is the last chunk of this. She said, uh, the city of Flint, Michigan, which is, uh, God, the text is messed up. 80%, it says 80%, I think, minority students has announced indefinite virtual schooling. In the past two years, we've seen among young girls a 51% increase in self-harm. People are killing themselves. They are anxious. They are depressed. They are lonely. That is why we need to end it more than any inconvenience that it's been to the rest of us. Uh, I think it's like, at this point, it's a pandemic of bureaucracy. It's not real anymore, she said. It's not real anymore. <laughs> Tell that, let's, let's, let's take her to the schools where uh, teachers are out sick, so administrators, uh, school secretaries, yeah. nurses, and janitors are being called in to manage classrooms because there aren't enough teachers because they're out sick or they refuse to work under uh, those conditions, over yeah. uh, under risky conditions. Uh, in that sense, it's very real. And, you know, to, to the Biden administration's credit, they have... You know, I was not thrilled with the the Biden administration plan to keep schools open. Mm -hmm. Uh, But uh, the way it's being handled is pretty good because the schools that need to close and go virtual are, and the ones that don't 
aren't, and that's maybe how it should be. Yeah. Uh, so in that sense, I'm I'm satisfied with with how that's going. Yeah. Because for the most part, uh, schools are managing it for themselves. I like how Joe Biden the other night uh, leaned into the microphone, <laughs> did the whispery thing that he does sometimes. It's like a yeah, truth right. bomb. Where he just leans in right. and goes. Schools are 96% open. 96% of schools are open. Uh, but you know what? The self-harm she was talking about here, uh, you know, indefinite virtual schooling, this isn't a consequence of just random policy. This is a response to a deadly pandemic. Buzz, I can't think of anything that would be a greater definition of gaslighting than telling an entire party, say you're Joe Biden, you're the head of the Democratic Party, you're the president of the United States, and you say to the people, COVID is over, no more pandemic, we're reopening, don't sweat it, go out and have a good time. You know, People then turn around and they see their family members, their friends, uh, testing positive, being hospitalized, in some cases dying from mm -hmm. COVID, and they're going to go, okay, well, first of all, you're gaslighting me, Mr. President. Second of all, you're completely out of touch with reality. I can't get my head around the logic of this. And so that's leading me <laughs> to conclude that the people pushing for this shit have just totally lost their spadoinkle. Their cheese has fallen permanently off their cracker. And I put Bill Maher right there at the top of the list because yeah. he was doing this. Didn't even say on his show because he was off on break through the Christmas holidays and so on. Came back for a new season on Friday. But before he left for the previous break, he said the pandemic is over, and that yes. was right before Omicron launched. 4,000 people died, nearly 4,000 people died the day he and Barry Weiss were saying what they said on Friday. Yes, yes, but not a word on Friday night's show that he called it wrong, that he was saying COVID is over, like a week before Omicron began, and that spike mm. just crushing all previous spikes, making the other previous spikes, yes. even la uh, winter a year ago before there was a vaccine, making that look like a molehill. That was like nothing compared to our current Omicron spike. And so not a word about that. So intellectually dishonest on top of being, I don't know what this is. I don't know what kind of next level madness that he's dealing in with this uh, done with COVID business. And, and I'm, I was glad to see this, too. There's a lot of backlash against it. Michelle Goldberg, writing for uh, the New York Times today, said uh, the desperate desire to get back to normal is understandable. And of course it is. We all want to do that. I, I want nothing more than to be done with this. I want to be able to travel. I want to be able to go back to Hawaii. You know, I want to travel out there. I want to go see some national parks. I want to go to museums and get together with friends again. You know, but uh, you want to come to Florida and see me. Yes, exactly. We're going to do like the end of all of those uh, 1980s buddy cop movies where we're sitting on a yacht sipping champagne with like nudie girls on the beach or something like that. <laughs> yeah. I, I also found out recently I'm not far from the National Comedy Hall of Fame. <laughs> hey, so. we can go visit there too. <laughs> exactly. Plus, uh, she also said, um, what's odd is seeing the absence of normality as a political betrayal instead of an epidemiological curveball. And that says it all. This is not politicians going, hey, you know what? You better stay home for your own good. And there's no real reason for it. We just want you to. And also, by the way, get a vaccine you don't need. Those That's are words <laughs> the grunters don't understand. No, I mean, absolutely that, that, not. That, sadly, an important message, uh, a well-said message, and one the general public won't get. Yeah. I hope this has a short, short, short shelf life. 
But I imagine it coming back. I don't imagine Bill Maher getting off of this particular soapbox anytime soon. I think this is going to be one of those things where oh, yeah. he's married take, to the you, brand. Yeah, yeah. once you take a stand like that, you've got to stick to it. <laughs> yeah, which is a fucking shame. You know, to me, that's one of the worst angles of someone being wrong when they're noticeably wrong, when they're objectively wrong. And they refuse to get off that hill, to step down and say, hey, you know what? That was wrong. I was completely wrong about that. More than their ego can handle. Exactly right. So they're going to keep beating it to death, pushing for it, finding confirmation bias in terms of, uh, you know, justifying their nonsense. And so uh, we can expect that to uh, go on and on and on. Um, I want to talk about, uh, along the lines of COVID here, I want to talk about Nicholas Christakis. He's a uh, sociologist, a physician, expert researcher on social networks. And uh, he was on Neil deGrasse Tyson's podcast the other day talking about okay. this very topic, the end of COVID. What does the end of COVID look like? When are we going to get there? What does he see as being the factors that are involved in coming to the end of COVID? Okay. Uh, and, and exactly when he's predicting COVID will be over and the Roaring Twenties will begin. All so, of this is fascinating. Do tell. Yes. So we're going to be talking about that here in, in just a second, we're going to take a uh, short break back after these words. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Bob Seska. All-time favorites all day long. Brand new music from a group called Treetop Flyers. Song is called Dancing Figurines from their brand new album, Old Habits. Oh, I love this so much. I haven't been able to stop playing this one. This album and uh, Cosmologica by Cersei Link and Christian Nesmith. Getting played a lot. My iTunes has taken a beating with these two albums. Oh, you, man. You, yeah. you and music are like a Scrooge McDuck in a bathtub full of cash. <laughs> That's exactly just, right. I'm bathing just, in you, it. You roll around, splash in it, <laughs> revel in it. 
I love so it. Funny. That's a that's a perfect way to put it. That's exactly what I'm like. Uh, by the way, I've got a link in the description to support Treetop Flyers. It's a link to their Spotify. And if you know anything about Spotify URLs, it's just a series of letters, just like on and on, like a thousand letters long. So uh, I'm just going to put the link up in the description under this episode at bobseska.com. As I said before, Indie Music Countdown coming up this weekend. I'm uh, let's let's say it's Monday. We're going to be putting them out on Monday now. Let's say that instead of Sundays. Yeah, because I need a fucking weekend. And so uh, the Indie Music Countdown will happen on Monday. And uh, new to the Indie Music Countdown for 2022, all kinds of fun new jingles, as you've heard (laughs) on the show uh, for the past few shows. I've got new jingle packages here, uh, including this one. Now more crap! Now more crap, which is my new favorite one. So I'm going to play this one a lot. Now more crap! Yeah. Forward into the past. <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> and uh, if you check out the comments under the Patreon page about the new jingles and uh, kind of the radio vibe, the it's got we've got a hint of a yeah. morning radio here on the show, and uh, that's always been intentional. And people on the Patreon page reiterating how much they love that aspect of the show. You, you so. can't rightfully claim that without a wacky horn. <laughs> you know, like honk honk. Yeah, one of those. Yeah, I do, you know what? I, I do <laughs> have, have to. to We'll get it. Yeah, yeah there you go. That's that, one that, element. Yeah, you yeah. Do you know when I was a, in the short period of time that I was a DJ, I was a news guy m- the vast majority of my career. But uh-huh. for a, a year or so, I was a DJ because, you know, that's <laughs> all I could get. And uh, uh, it, it, it it was amazing. One of the devices, you know, all kinds of things on the market for DJs. Uh-huh. At the time, I bought a product called the BuzzDing 2000. <laughs> and... Uh, it, the Buzz it, Ding 2000. It had it had a get your buzzer and your your bell ready. Okay. Okay. It it, it had a buzz button. It had a buzz button, so that would be this. Yeah. And and it had a bell button. That. And and that was the Buzz Ding 2000. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there we yeah, go. Yeah, see, that's handy. You want them together in case you do like a true or false thing. Or... Yeah, yeah. I have a whole panel on my soundboard that's got all this. <laughs> got all the fart noises, you know. You dick. That's a staple. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you got, hey, if you're doing morning radio, you got to have the sound of a chip. <laughs> yeah, you got that too. Uh, that never. Love the drop. <laughs> I love jingles. I love drop ins. And if Me you do too. too, you've come to the right show. <laughs> yes. Now more crap. Thank you, singers. Yeah. yeah. Okay, uh, Nicholas Christakis. I just stumbled onto this uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson podcast the other day. Um, he's got a regular podcast that is just immensely entertaining. Out of and this world, would you say? I would say it is out of this world. <laughs> he's got the audio version, which is available wherever you get your podcasts, and then he's got the video version on YouTube, and that's what I watched. And he's got this uh, guy, Nicholas Christakis, on the show the other day. It was the January 20th episode of Neil deGrasse Tyson's podcast. Okay. And they were talking about COVID and the end of COVID and what it looks like if it ends. And by the way, just so you know, in terms of his bona fides here, uh, Nicholas Christakis is a sociologist and physician. You'll recognize him when you see him if you go look at the video. He's an expert researcher on social networks. He's the Sterling Professor of Social and Natural Science at Yale University. My old job. Right. Where he directs the Human Nature Lab. He is also the co-director of the Yale Institute for Network Science. Interesting. So he said that we're not at the beginning of the end of the pandemic, but at the end of the beginning of the pandemic. Okay. In that parlance, this is a kind of a semi-quote from Winston Churchill when he was talking about World War II. 
and right after D-Day. So D-Day to Winston Churchill was the end of the beginning of World War II. So in the pandemic, we're at the point now, which is right after D-Day, equivalent to World War II. So I guess that's something. He said, uh, the virus won't be gone. No. As we move ahead in time. Uh, the virus won't be gone. It'll still kill people, but it'll fall into the background of things that can kill us. Like so, the flu, like a, yeah. like a cold that leads to pneumonia. I mean, uh, it, it will become endemic. At some point, it yes. will cross from pandemic to endemic, meaning uh, it'll be uh, like the flu, like, like a cold. Uh, that doesn't mean it can't kill you. It can. It will. The flu continues to kill many people every year. Yeah. Uh, and, and we're back to that again. We're back to those numbers again this year after a year or so off. Mm -hmm. uh, but but uh, it, I, I do agree with him that that's where this disease Jesus heading. He said we're in the intermediate phase, and he said in this intermediate phase, it'll be like after a tsunami recedes, then we have to clean up the mess. And then he said by 2024, oh. we'll see the roaring 20s begin. That'll be the time I, of celebration, getting out, having a good time. The things that we were thinking about like last April, after the vaccines started to get rolled out. That'll really happen in earnest by 2024. Everybody will be happy. It'll be this uh, era of good times. And uh, bonus, I, good news for Joe Biden in 2024. I'm, uh, oh, no, not according to the New York Times. There's oh, no, well, no good that. news yeah. for, for, for Joe That's Biden. That's true, yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, this guy, I have to bow to his uh, propers, uh, to, his, to his bona fides, uh, but I, I have to bow to that. He's obviously smarter and better educated than I am. I just have a feeling, for what mm. it's worth, I just throw my feeling out there. I think it's going to be sooner than that. Okay. I think I think it'll it'll be. That's just you know, and I, I do a little reading on this too. Uh, it, but from what I've read and what my gut tells me, uh, I've concluded that I I, I think it's going to happen. Uh, the Roaring Twenties will happen a little sooner than that. I, I but there will be other pandemics uh, of other diseases. Uh, even this uh, disease, even COVID. Uh, it's in like deer now, okay? In the deer in the woods have COVID, yeah. And and as long as they're running around with it, new variants can form and come back again to us. Can again <laughs> jump to humans. God. So, you know, I don't I don't mean to terrify you, but that is the terrifying reality. And so uh, this is but a rehearsal for what we may be facing in the future. Let's go to the Buzz Ding 2000 on that one. Yeah. yeah. Thank yeah. you. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Tell it. Talk to the deer. Don't talk to me. Yeah, right. Oh, we can add this. <laughs> that one. We can add that to the Buzz Ding 2000, can't we? Stupid deer. <laughs> Um, yeah, so, I mean, look, uh, I hope it happens tomorrow. I hope this is over. Yeah. Unless a new variant emerges in that time, yeah. I think we could be out of this by the end of March. Right, right. Oh, God, it's just, it's so frustrating, but we have to bear in mind that this is a complicated thing. It's not as simple as some of the done-with-COVID people are making it. It's not as simple you know, as just being, well, I'm done with it, so pff, fuck it. Uh, giving it some thought this week, and this is on the topic, I think, of, of being done with COVID or not. Uh, throughout the pandemic so far, uh, COVID has not touched many people in my in my life, yeah. other than my mom and dad and a mm -hmm. couple of their friends yeah. uh, back in Kansas. But, mm -hmm. but here in my part of the world, in Florida, uh, it really hasn't uh, touched me. Nobody I know had gotten it or gotten sick from it or died from it. 
until now. And now yeah. uh, several members of my wife's family uh, have it or had it. Uh, there are at least four people on my street who've had it or have it. Um, it's I'm it's I, I feel closer. I feel the disease has drawn closer to me than at any right now when many people are saying the pandemic is over, that they're over covid. Uh, it's only just now that it's beginning to really creep into my own life. Other people yeah. have felt it, uh, you know, all along. But for me, I've managed to stay isolated until now it's feeling much closer. Mm -hmm. Right. And in fact, Nicholas Christakis said that there's going to be three categories of people when we reach herd immunity. People who've had COVID, people who are vaccinated, and people who have had both, a vaccine and COVID mm -hmm. also. So once we get to that point where that's the sum of the population, that's when herd immunity happens. That's when we see that tsunami receding. That's when we start to clean up the mess. And then that's when we get back to or get to initially the roaring 20s, this era Here's, of good feeling, yeah. Well, I, we all look forward to that for sure. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, you know, except for the sexually transmitted diseases that will go with it. But in the meantime... <laughs> all right, Bill Maher. Uh, my, here's, here's, my, here's my feeling about, <laughs> about where we are with masks and vaccines. I, I believe we have hit a wall in terms of the number of people we can convince to get vaccinated and, and masked. Now, I know that's not true because the people keep going for it, but... but <laughs> In terms of large numbers, I think we've hit a wall. Yeah. I also think that that's no reason to stop trying. I also think that that's, that's no reason to keep pushing uh, people to wear masks and to get vaccinated. Uh, and, and so it's one of those things where... You're, you're, we're nearly at the finish line in terms of that work, mm. but we're not there yet, so we have to keep running no matter how tired we are. Yeah, and finally, Sarah Palin tested positive for COVID right before she's ready to do this. Again, uh, second time. Yeah, it's the second time, absolutely. She, yeah. had, uh, she had COVID back in April. It was at the end of March, beginning of April. Appropriately enough, I think it was reported on April 1st, April Fool's Day, 2021. So A big darn deal. Two days earlier. Earlier, Palin had dined at a Manhattan restaurant before testing positive. She is, uh, at least she claims to be unvaccinated. So, but I mean, two, what's the uh, old ditty? Uh, uh, get COVID once, shame on you. Get COVID <laughs> twice, shame on me. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, but with everything going on in Ukraine, it occurred to me this week that uh, Vladimir Putin can see Sarah Palin's house from Russia. <laughs> Just turn that around there you go. both ways. <laughs> so, uh, Peter Ducey, dumb, uh, uh, dumb son of a bitch. And, of sweet, course... lovable, dumb son of a bitch, Peter <laughs> Ducey. Yes. Yeah. Those of you who are just uh, waking up from, uh, you know, being out of it for a couple of days, maybe don't know this, but... Uh, yeah, uh, Joe Biden called Peter Ducey a dumb son of a bitch on an Not open to mic his face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Biden didn't know the mic was open. Uh, <laughs> you know, he heard the question. He didn't know his mic was still hot. Yeah. Uh, it, it was a photo op. He was walking out. He wasn't taking questions. Mm -hmm. Reporters were shouting questions, and one of them came from, uh, you know, pain in the ass Peter Ducey, who's the, <laughs> the, the gadfly at every White House uh, news conference, Terrible. every press briefing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's a troller. I mean, that's, yes, that's, that's what he's there. He's there just a nanny and nanny boo boo, and then you know run back to Fox <laughs> News and file his report. Yeah. Uh, at any rate, uh, Peter Ducey shouted a question: Do you think uh, inflation will be a political liability? Mm -hmm. Well, now you know. <laughs> Yeah, Obviously, I, I, and and so Biden, uh, not knowing his mic was on, sarcastically said, 
uh, no, it's an asset, you know, or words to that effect. <laughs> Says he's being know. snarky. Yeah, he was being yeah. being sarcastic. He said, what a dumb son of a bitch. <laughs> he wasn't saying it to Peter Ducey. He wasn't even really saying it to anyone other than mm-hmm. himself out loud, I think, and did not know the mic was hot. And he did, to his credit, within an hour, and this is why we love him, this is why we elected him, within an hour he called to apologize and said it wasn't personal. And it wasn't. It, it, was, a, it was an overall frustration yeah. he felt. And he, I mean, it may have been personal to the extent that Peter Ducey always asks stupid questions. <laughs> Going back to John McCain, uh, yep. if you've seen that clip online where uh, John McCain calls him out for asking a really stupid question, and that's what Ducey's mm. specialty is. It's, I, I can't help but point out that the apple doesn't fall far from the tree here yeah. Yeah. Uh, since uh, Peter is uh, the son of Steve Ducey. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I, I had two, in, in radio, I had two very uncomfortable moments. I was on a show that had invited Steve Ducey to be on as a guest yeah. and had at one point invited Ann Coulter to be on as a guest. I, oh, my. I, I sparred with Ann Coulter. I just sat there and fumed at, at Steve Ducey. <laughs> and now and now there's a there's a little clone. There's a mini-me of Steve Ducey, uh, known as Peter, uh, who, who is, you know, is, is the troll of these White House news conferences, and he asks stupid questions. Yeah, Anybody yeah. can... Of course it's a political liability, you know, never mind. Not only will Fox not point this out, but no mainstream media is spending much time pointing out that inflation is right now a worldwide problem. Leaders of all countries are dealing with this. Yes. It's not Biden exclusively, uh, and it's not because of his policies. It's because the world is currently engulfed in a bit of inflation. Yeah, and those of you who don't know, Steve Ducey, uh, Peter Ducey's dad, and of course uh-huh. with, with Peter Ducey, Peter Ducey's like a copy of a copy of a copy of a copy of Steve Ducey. And and Steve Ducey is not any sort of intellectual giant himself. So if you have a copy of a copy of a copy of that. And here's why. Steve Ducey, not only one of the giggling couch tumors on Fox and Friends in the morning every day on Fox News Channel, but he's also formerly the kicker guy on WRC-TV, the NBC affiliate in Washington, D.C. He was the guy who would come on at the end of the nightly news or the local news and do the story about the grandma who has a potato chip that looks like Lionel Richie or something like that. That was Steve Ducey. And now Steve Ducey is setting the tone for American politics every day, five days a week yeah. on he Fox a, News Channel. He, he was a feature reporter in Wichita, yeah. Kansas. I guess after oh. I left uh, my hometown of Wichita to find fame and fortune in radio. Yeah. <laughs> uh, after I, I left there, I guess he he worked in Wichita for a while, again, as a feature reporter, and mm-hmm. I ultimately landed at WRC in Washington. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's that's what he was, just, just a goofball. Yeah. And, uh, and now he's a goofball uh, that uh, President Trump enjoyed watching. Yeah, granted, I made cartoons for 10 years, but I do have some educational background and some history with politics. <laughs> so yeah. at least I had that grounding, you know what I mean? You're allowed to be goofy if you've got the creds. You know? <laughs> Thank you. Okay, so, uh, yeah, so Peter Ducey, accurate. He's a dumb son of a bitch. But, you know, right. I, I called it 
yesterday when the story came down. I predicted that Fox News would completely freak out mm-hmm. and t- totally flush Trump's daily obscenities down the memory hole. You know, all of that repulsive, trashy, asshole right. behavior we witnessed for, you know, five, six years. Uh, obviously going back decades prior to that, but in terms of his presidential period of being a, you know, repulsive, trashy asshole, uh, we all saw that. But that's all getting flushed down the memory hole by Fox News Channel. There's, so that, there's yeah. video of Trump calling Biden a dumb son of a bitch, or words yeah. to the effect he did use son of a bitch. He's used it a number of times, along with a number of other obscenities. Right. Uh, and and uh, this, this, you know, hypocrisy, thy name is Republican, because uh, it, it, Trump called the media the enemy of the people and yeah. Yeah. Uh, made repeated attacks on journalists mm-hmm. and, and media personalities. Uh, Biden makes one off-the-cuff remark, and Fox and uh, the right wing are accusing him of, of attacking the media. Uh, do you ever remember a president attacking the media this way? Oh, well, yeah, about 10 minutes ago. Where were you? <laughs> yeah. Well, Mika Brzezinski. He went after Mika Brzezinski after she had a procedure under her chin done. And, and oh, he, she was bleeding from the face and blah, blah, blah. And then uh, Megyn yeah. Kelly was bleeding from the wherever. And then mm-hmm. he did that uh, horrible impression of Serge Kovaleski where he's doing the uh, mocking yes, the guy's disability. Yes. And you know, That was like, fine. Yeah. That but, was fine. And the thing about Trump is it wasn't just his language. It wasn't just what he was saying to reporters every day. It was just his entire persona is repulsive and offensive and completely abandons decorum or decency. He was the least presidential president that we have ever had in the history of the presidency. And I'm talking about not just the American presidency, but any presidency. He was a disgrace to the White House. And for them to suddenly go, Fox News to go, oh, my God, look at Joe Biden being so inappropriate. He's beneath the dignity of the presidency. My God, he called him a son of a bitch. That is the most mild thing in comparison that you could possibly do. And this is the off-balance nature of our... Uh, media but how coverage. Do we, how do we how do we overcome this? Because we've talked yeah. before about you know blah blah democratic messaging and the fact that uh, Republicans are are very good at seizing on something and making a big deal. I'm making it very loud, making it very mm-hmm. big and colorful. The media is there uh, supposedly in the middle, but both sidesing everything. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, maintaining mediocrity wherever possible. And then there are the progressive voices that can be heard. They're distinct. They're out there. But uh, the progressive voices are being drowned out by the the mediocre media and and the the radical right mm-hmm. and and how do we how do we either make our voices louder or get more control of the media to correct the message that's being put out there there are ways that we can be just as loud as the republicans and i don't know uh exactly how we get there but it's a matter of uh all of us playing on the same team and uh pulling in the same direction because oftentimes we pull in separate directions we are really often tethered to our intellectual honesty as a group. And there's nothing wrong with that necessarily. No, and, but, and, and I'm not sure that holds us back. I'm not sure that's a thing that holds well, us back. Well, here's an example. Think. Like, after Joe Biden, well, I saw okay. some people going, yeah, Joe Biden probably shouldn't have said that to uh-huh. Peter Ducey. And, but you never, when Donald Trump would say something awful to a reporter, you wouldn't see Republicans running around going, hey, you know, he shouldn't have said that. Republicans would, make, would just go, oh, yeah, I don't look at Twitter. That was their response I, yeah. usually when that, I, when that would occur. I, it's interesting because I intentionally stayed silent on the subject. I watched all the comments on social media and mm-hmm. did not chime in at any point. Yeah. And uh, just watched it play out and Biden apologized and 
and I was suddenly very, very glad that I hadn't taken part in all of that, you know. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, but, but, yeah, I mean, I understand that. And I understand that, uh, you know, the, we have the, what is it, the, the Blue Rose people and, and, and uh, those among progressives who, you know, are hurting the cause. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I see how that damage can be done. We've got to find a way to amplify ourselves. I just, we're, 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 like, the, we're like the who's in Whoville. We're shouting, but we can't be heard. And, and we, we need to break through somehow I, yeah, I, yeah. I keep hoping that we'll find a way to do that yes indeed well um some more good news here um yes. in fact i don't know if we've had any other good news on the show today so this is not necessarily more it's good time. news this is try this again this is some good news and <laughs> this is uh, obviously the oh i can i can play this game too okay <laughs> well the special grand jury has been impaneled in fulton county georgia Thanks uh -huh. to uh, Fannie Willis, the district attorney there, who's investigating uh -huh. Donald Trump and his attempt to uh, steal the election and to gather more votes that weren't there for him, that weren't cast for him. And uh, this special grand jury is kind of an interesting development insofar as it ups the ante. It certainly uh, puts this investigation now in the number one slot on my most likely to indict list. Yeah, uh, she's raced into the lead here. Yeah, yeah. Now, that said, it's a special grand jury, not a regular grand jury, The tr sort uh. of a traditional grand jury. A special grand jury is a way to compel witnesses to testify, to comply with subpoenas. Because right. up until this point... Uh, they haven't been complying. The people that Fannie Willis right. has been trying to get testimony from haven't right. been complying voluntarily. So this, according to Georgia law, is the best way to compel testimony from witnesses. Right. So, now, the downside of a special grand jury yes. in Georgia is that it cannot indict. Right. It can subpoena, but it can't indict. A regular grand jury can't subpoena, but can indict. Yes. <laughs> a special grand jury uh, can uh, subpoena, but cannot indict. Right. So you ask, well, then what's the point if they can't indict? The point is this greatly helps the the DA's investigation yeah, in yeah. Fulton County, Georgia. Right. And you can't go before a regular grand jury without all of your ducks in a row. And this right. special grand jury is a way for Fannie Willis to get all of the information that she needs, all the evidence that she needs, in order to take it before a regular grand jury and have them vote on an indictment. Right. It's, this is step one in yes. that process. Yes. And all of this stuff is going to take a little while. In fact, the, the special grand jury doesn't convene, I believe, until the 1st of May. Mm -hmm. So uh, we still... We have to wait for it to even get started. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then they there's no limit on the. I, well, there may be a one year limit, but there's very little limit on the time they can spend on this case. Yeah, absolutely. And the other thing that it can do, the special grand jury can recommend to a regular grand jury to indict. So this yeah. is almost like there's an aspect of this that reminds me of the one six committee, where the uh -huh, one six committee, mm -hmm. yeah, one six committee can't necessarily indict themselves, obviously, right. but right. what they can do is recommend to the DOJ that DOJ indicts. And in this case. Uh, the special grand jury that Fannie Willis has impaneled will, I hope, offer a recommendation to a regular grand jury. Uh, and this process could take, man, up to a year. Um, and that doesn't necessarily mean that it will take a year, but it's impaneled for a year. They could be wrapped up rather quickly. But, you know, in particular, they want to get Brad Raffensperger on the record. 
and yeah. Brad Raffensperger hasn't been cooperating uh, for whatever reason. And he's and the centerpiece Georgia, of all of this. This Georgia case, in a way, is similar to the civil case in New York State, the state attorney general there, Letitia James, yeah. uh, because uh, she's filed, and a lot of progressives were upset about this at first. Why is it just a lawsuit? Why isn't it criminal charges? Well, <laughs> because she doesn't have the case yet. Yeah. Uh, this will allow her to gather more information uh, in, in the discovery phase of this lawsuit that will allow for criminal prosecution. Mm -hmm. Everything, it's step by step by step, and yeah, it's slow and cumbersome, and yes, this is an emergency, uh, And but also know that things are actually moving along a little faster than usual, yeah. faster than they did in Watergate, as should be the case, since this is a, a multi multitudinally more, uh, you know, exponentially more uh, uh, ugly crime than, than Watergate ever yes. could hope to be. Absolutely. Uh, the late G. Gordon Liddy was a two-bit burglar in the end, and, and he botched it. You know? <laughs> yes, he did. Um, Judge Brasher, who uh, authorized the impanelment of this special grand jury, wrote, The special purpose grand jury shall be authorized to investigate any and all facts and circumstances relating directly or indirectly to alleged violations of the laws of the state of Georgia, as set forth in the request yeah, yeah. of the yeah. district attorney referenced here in above. He added, the special purpose grand jury shall uh, make recommendations concerning criminal prosecution as it shall see fit. So that's, now, I mean, all a positive yeah, step forward absolutely. as far as I'm concerned. Now, yeah. now, let's say you're Raffensperger, the election official there in Georgia, who, yeah. who you know, stood up for democracy at, at a time where he maybe it would have been more more popular within his party for him not to mm -hmm. but he did stand up for democracy he's yeah. not he's not agreeing to testify voluntarily right what he's saying is if you want to hear from me you got to subpoena me uh, well here's why people do that they do that to cover their ass yeah he's doing that to cover his ass with republicans i only talked to him because they subpoenaed me see so he's got an out mm -hmm. so a lot of a lot of times witnesses in in these various cases will say look you know, i can't do it voluntarily but if you'll subpoena me i'll be there <laughs> and, right. and uh, there's a lot of that happening too so uh, your patience with all of these things if you can uh, understanding and believe me we do uh, the urgency of the situation yes and i love the idea of Donald Trump shitting himself at the omelet bar at Mar-a-Lago. That's one of my favorite things in the world. Just imagining mm. how torturous this must be for a guy who demands that everyone love him. I would love to speak to Mary Trump about this right now because this yeah. has got to be killing him. This I has know. got to be. I mean, he's been Trump's been very good at denial, at, at denying that he has any kind of trouble, and that's one way he's gotten away with so many things. Is yeah. ah, it's nothing. It'll go away. Right. And and a lot of times he's been right, or he's done things to make it right. I he, I think he's starting to see uh, the world closing in around him. Oh yeah. Now, yeah. Yeah. And uh, feeling more and more alone. He's still got his faithful lieutenants he's still got his wacky beliefs he's still living in la la land but mm -hmm. uh he he knows that uh, this is getting harder he knows that his run in 24 were he to actually make one yeah yeah and I, I still don't think he won't i still don't think that he will run in 24 but but uh, he knows that he he knows now 
that he can't. Yeah. You know, there may have been a time a few weeks back or a, a couple of months back where he thought, yeah, I, I, if I wanted to do this, I really could. <laughs> and, and now he's got to be thinking, no, I can't. There's no way I can win. Yeah, he's, he's got he's he's got to come to that realization at some point. So most likely to indict uh, number three still remains the uh, recommendations coming from the one six committee over to DOJ. That's number three on my list. Uh, get a ding here. Oh, the ding, the buzz ding 2000. 2000. Yeah. yeah. And uh, number two, I think, would be obviously Letitia James in New York and the Trump Organization investigation. Actually, you know what? Wait a second. Let's back up. There are four on this list. So oh, let's yeah. go. Let's revise. <laughs> let's yes. start again. Um, number four, one six committee recommendations to DOJ. Number three, Letitia James and the Trump Organization investigation in New York State. Number two, I think, is the Manhattan District Attorney's investigation, the racketeering investigation of Donald Trump. And number one, as I said, uh, Fannie Willis in uh, Fulton County, Georgia. Let's move well, to number it, one, up from I'm, number I'm two. Might, I might choose a different order, but you know what? They're all important, and yeah, it, yeah. it really doesn't matter. Uh, and I think they're all going to happen. Right, right. And I'm not talking about an order of importance. I just uh, am foreseeing where the indictments right, are most likely to come from. So, okay. All right. We're going to take a, another short break here. And when we come back, we're going to talk about uh, some more good news. I got some good news Yay. about the 1-6 committee. I've got some yes. great news about gerrymandering. We're going to talk about that and a whole lot more here in just a couple of seconds. But first, today's show is sponsored by BetterHelp. If there's something nagging at you and you don't know what it is, there's something keeping you from getting out of bed in the morning. I've got a solution for you. You can try this. It's called BetterHelp. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional therapy done securely online. BetterHelp is going to match you with your own licensed professional therapist in under 48 hours. You can log into your account anytime you want and send a message to your therapist and get a timely and thoughtful response. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you won't ever have to have to risk COVID in a crowded waiting room. BetterHelp makes it easy and free to change therapists if you want. It's more affordable than traditional offline therapy. Therapy and financial aid is available. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Seska. That's BetterHelp.com slash C-E-S-C-A. And join over 2 million people who've taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they're recruiting additional therapists in all 50 states. And here, your special offer for Bob Seska Show listeners. Get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash Seska. That's BetterHelp.com slash Seska. Thank you. Bob Seska plays more music. I found you down on the floor, holding your head like a bowling ball. Checking the score, shaking my head. That's when I saw. That was another track from Kilo Bravo, a song called Cry, from their Chew This Slow album. KiloBravoMusic.com to support them. Link in the description under this episode at BobSeska.com. Thank you. Thank you for supporting our independent music here on the show. All right, uh, getting back into things here as we wrap up our Tuesday program. Uh, Jennifer Rubin wrote a great piece in the Washington Post where she outlined the, what what do we got here? Like five biggest achievements coming out of the 1-6 committee. 
so far. Let me mm-hmm. underscore the words so far because oh, there's yeah. a lot more to come. First, number one, the president and assistant attorney general Jeffrey Clark schemed to involve the Justice Department in a plot to invalidate the election. We learned that from... From the 1-6 committee so far, an executive order was drafted to allow the federal government to seize voting machines. My God. That was shocking to read that. Because you know what the deal was with that, Buzz, was he was going to give the military 60 days to examine the machines. Right. The 60-day period of time would have put that investigation into February. Of yeah, 2021. Beyond Inauguration Day. Yeah. Beyond Inauguration yeah, Exactly. Day. So obviously this was a stalling tactic involving the military. You can only really categorize That's that as a military coup. Exactly right. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, fortunately, it, you know, didn't go along. Uh, fortunately, I mean, uh, you know, people resigned. Uh, yeah. A number of things happened to keep him from carrying that out. But the fact that he tried, well, that's the most treasonous thing. And uh, the other thing to look forward to, yet in the, on the more to come card for the Jan 6 committee, yeah. uh, the live televised primetime hearings. Oh, yeah. Uh, do, do we know those, when those are those starting yet? I, I do not. I know they are supposed to start in February. What Ooh. part of February? I don't know yet, but I think it could be sooner than later. We're, we're not, it's, what is it? We're six days, we're less than a week away yeah. now from February. So <laughs> coming soon to a TV screen and an internet screen near you uh, are going to be these uh, televised hearings and clips from them. It's going, even for the most stubborn, it's going to be hard to avoid. It's going to be hard to avoid the truth that will be put out there. And my ego demands that all of the news coming out of the public hearings happen before the fucking show starts. Okay. Well, you know what? Because it'll be in prime time, we'll have a chance to absorb, analyze, think about it, and and pick it apart the next day. So I think actually that will work out to our advantage, unless Mm -hmm. you want to start doing the shows at midnight, 1 a.m., something like that. (laughs) Well, let me think about that. Um, No, no. That, that's a big, big, big no for me. In fact, let, let's go to the uh, Buzz Ding 2000. Yes. Yeah, that's a... Um, Money well spent. A little brown box, you <laughs> plug it into the wall, you know, regular electrical outlet, and it had two, like, doorbell buttons on it. And yeah. One was the buzzer, and yeah. one was the dinger. Yeah, there you go. And, and they were uh, appropriately labeled as such. <laughs> so, I don't know if we would have known this, this uh, executive order about having the federal government, having the military seize voting machines. I don't know if we would have known about this if it hadn't been for the 1-6 committee. I mean, it's well, possible it, we could have heard it through the press, but, you know, at least we, this we is We heard, yeah. there was reporting, there was reporting at the time, there was, you know, contemporary reporting about that, mm-hmm. but there was no evidence of it. Yeah. The January 6th committee now has the hard paper. Somebody, we wow. don't know who, somebody drew up for Trump an executive order that would have directed the military to seize your county's voting machines and conduct their own count Mm -hmm. uh, of the election uh, under their commander-in-chief, Donald Trump. Mm -hmm. Uh, Fortunately, his uh, defense secretary resigned. He put lackeys in uh, in the last minute. Uh, We we knew at the time, we knew when when Trump was in the lame duck period of his presidency and he was replacing people at the Department of Defense, that was a big red flag right there that he was considering using the military. And I remember talk of it at the time, but now we have evidence of it uh, thanks to the work and the legal abilities of the January 6th committee. I hope we eventually find out, and this would be number three on Jennifer Rubin's list here. Uh, I hope we eventually find out if Trump was involved with this plan to create fake state electors 
this yeah. uh, forgery uh, scam, right? Got to be, got to be, and there's got to be evidence of it. There's certainly call logs indicating that Trump was speaking to folks at the Willard Hotel, mm-hmm. which was the nerve center for the insurrection. Uh, so I, that the evidence is there somewhere. Uh, they may already have it. Uh, I'm sure the January 6th committee, I'm sure that the Manhattan DA, I'm sure that the New York Attorney General, I'm sure that the District Attorney in Fulton County, Georgia, all have plenty of evidence already. Uh, what they need is an airtight case now, and I think we're very close to that. And the, the other part of our work here is getting this story out to the American people, and we have all summer on TV to do that. Hey, hooray. All right, good. Well, that's, that makes me feel good. Um, the next thing, uh, along the lines of what you were just saying, Buzz, former President Donald Trump was reportedly in contact with a team led by Rudy Giuliani, John Eastman, Boris See? Epstein, uh, who mm-hmm. looks like he's got a mouthful of mashed potatoes, according to David on the show on Thursday, uh, and Steve Bannon, who set up a a post at the Willard Hotel working to delay certification of electoral votes. And uh, finally, number five here, Republican Mm -hmm. members of Congress sent texts to then White House Chief of Staff Mark Meadows concerning the plan to engage the Justice Department or to prevent Congress from counting the electoral votes. So you've got linkage here. Uh, between the White House and members of Congress as far as their complicity in this uh, entire plot. At, at the top, you've got Trump, who didn't want to let go. Beneath yeah, him, yeah. you've got his his lackeys, his lieutenants who serve him faithfully no matter what. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that includes Giuliani, uh, who's in a whole lot of trouble. I, I uh, heard rumblings that uh, Giuliani will be arrested this week. Oh, uh, he's, wow. He's raising... He's raising money for his legal defense by selling 9-11 t-shirts for $911. Oh, they're, they're autographed. Where did you hear this about Rudy? Well, I did just uh, some, some remarks on social media today uh, okay. from, from people who are in a position to, to know how these things work. Ooh, that uh, uh, this, this is probably the week that, that Giuliani will be arrested. We'll see. You know, we hear stuff. Sometimes it comes true. Sometimes it doesn't. But uh, they, they had, what was it, 18 months ago or some time ago, they seized all of his, uh, I, I'm, I'm confusing the number of devices. They seized 18 personal electronic devices from Rudy months and months ago uh they they've culled uh, hundreds of thousands of pages of of data from those devices mm-hmm. uh and rudy was at that nerve center at the willard hotel along with steve bannon on the phone with donald trump so you're going to see trump tied to those folks you're going to see you know his lackeys of the defense department and and on down and that you're going to see that they are connected to uh, republican members of congress and i use the word loosely and we're talking about you know gates and green and and uh, all the others, mm. uh, and, and and then you're going to find that those Republican members of Congress are tied to members of the Proud Boys and the Oath Keepers, and then beneath all of that, at the bottom of this pyramid of idiocy, of violent idiocy, are, are the people who just, oh, my president said I should go to Washington. And so uh, <laughs> that's the, the bulk of the crowd that showed up. Yeah, yeah. But there's your pyramid of what happened. And so what uh, our members of the January 6th committee are going to do is lay this out uh, evidence by evidence uh, throughout the summer on prime time. And remember Boris Epstein confessed to be yeah. involved with the forged electors. Yeah, yeah, just adding that here at the end. He was on, uh, what, with uh, Ari Melber on MSNBC mm-hmm. talking about how, yeah, yeah, I was right. I was quoted in the press recently, and sure, I was involved with that l- like an idiot. <laughs> because he believes. To me. Because, yeah, because yeah. he believes in what he did, and yeah. he believes it's the right thing, and uh, he's about to find out 
that's not right. But you see how they work, though, uh, just from a strategy point of view. They know they're up to their fucking eyeballs in this shit with cheating in the election. Yeah, Yeah, going back to Ukraine, uh, going back to Louis DeJoy and and rigging the mail to prevent mail-in votes from getting where they needed to get. And uh, then all the way up to the insurrection. This is all part of a, an ongoing plot to hijack that election. And so in, in the face of all of that, in the face of certainly legal charges, uh, they're saying, no, it's not us. It's the, them. They were, yeah. st- remember, they stole. And like, well, no, you don't have any evidence for that, but that doesn't they're- matter. They're just going to keep screaming and screaming and screaming. So a lot of the reporting goes to, well, they're saying, you know, through this big lie thing that uh, the Democrats stole the election and it wasn't them. And, and so that sidetracks the whole thing. Maybe there's a, a messaging lesson to be learned there, too, in terms of how I, to I th- confront charges like that. I, I honestly believe, and, you know, I'm, I'm the glass half full guy, yeah. but I honestly believe that, uh, that Trump's going down for this. I, I, believe so. Ju- I believe Giuliani and Sidney Powell are going down for this. Mm. I believe Steve Bannon and Mike Flynn are going down for this. I believe Gates and other members of Congress are going down for this, yeah. uh, along with the Proud Boys and some of the doofuses who, who <laughs> rioted at the Capitol that day yeah, in, a, yeah. in an attempt to overturn a legitimate election. Mm. Uh, and and. In the future, history students will read with great fascination uh, about uh, all the people who were ensnared by this thing and uh, what they tried to do, the outrageousness of what they tried to do, and how uh, slowly but surely uh, that was stopped. And speaking of being through the looking glass with Fox News messaging and so on, we are going to get to uh, Russia on the show uh, eventually. I'm just, I haven't wanted to talk about what's going on with Russia and Ukraine. Uh, just because there's enough shitty news. and But we are going to get into it. As I said uh, earlier in the show, we're going to be talking to Malcolm Nance about all of this on Wednesday of next week. So He's the guy to listen to on this. Yeah, we'll consider that to be the official christening of our Russia-Ukraine madness that uh, is potentially going to occur here. Meantime, as we're going to wrap up the show with some decent news here. This is actually really good news about gerrymandering. More, more good news. Yeah, after some aggressive map drawing of their own uh, in states with Democratic <laughs> legislatures, some Democrats predict that typical congressional district will shift from leaning to the right of the national vote to matching it, a distortion that gave the GOP a built-in advantage over the past five House elections. So, uh, basically what they're saying here, Kelly Ward Burton, the head of the National Democratic Redistricting Committee, said, Mm -hmm. we have stymied their intent to gerrymander their way to a House majority. So, the Democrats have done a fine job doing the gerrymandering of their own to negate all of the gains that the Republicans have made through gerrymandering themselves. So Hilarious. Yes. So not only does this put us in a good position for the midterms, obviously we still need to turn out. Obviously we still need to deliver the energy and the volunteerism and boots on the ground and all the rest of it to, uh, to come out successful out of the midterms in a very difficult uh, election year. Uh, but at least the gerrymandering isn't going to be one of those things that we're going to be working against. So that's all good yeah, news. It's much much less of an obstacle for us this year. Yeah. Our greatest obstacle, I think, is going to be apathy. Mm. Uh, as we've discussed before, so many people have stopped following this. So many people yeah. don't want to hear it. Some, so many people don't know what's going on and don't want to know what's going on mm-hmm. and have written it off as politics as usual. This is the challenge we face because, and I'm going to keep hammering this message as I have in recent weeks, we can't just win, we have to overwhelm. Yeah. 
we have to, the only way to defeat fascism uh, as it, the form it's in in today's Republican Trump Republican Party. Yeah. The only way to defeat it is to is to crush it. We can't just hurt it. We can't just barely beat it. We have to crush it, and we do that with uh, the most unbelievable turnout. Mm-hmm. Something that that goes above and beyond anything we've done before. I know that that's probably an unrealistic goal, but that's the goal we have to push for. Yeah. Uh, and and I'm all about that. I'm all about you know noting as I did online this week that. Uh, Steve Bannon and, uh, and uh, Newt Gingrich both think, and uh, by the way, uh, for those of you not taking Newt Gingrich seriously, he has been hired by congressional Republicans to guide their agenda in, in the coming years. So you haven't seen or heard the last of his work. Mm-hmm. Newt, Newt Gingrich is saying, uh, as Steve Bannon is saying, that uh, when Republicans take over in 2022, hey, that's this year. Yeah. That when Republicans take over in 22, uh, they want uh, Biden and uh, members of the January Mm -hmm. 6th committee arrested and jailed. If that means anything to you, not only must you vote, but so must everyone in your circle. Every person you can touch with this needs to be there. We can't just win. We have to overwhelm. Well, as you know, I've been predicting that exact thing. Uh, for a couple of months now, which is that the Republicans, if they take back a majority in Congress, will form the committee to investigate the 1-6 committee. Mm-hmm. That will happen. And now Newt Gingrich is saying it's going to happen. Right. So uh, usually when it comes to those sorts of things, when they say there's going to be an investigation, believe them because that's what they do. That's what they love doing that. How many Benghazi investigations were there? If, uh, if, you, yeah. if you think arresting a president like Biden or uh, the Arresting and jailing the people who serve on the January 6th committee is is the, the way to go. Then uh, Republican is your ticket. Right. If you think it's fascism, and it is, mm-hmm. uh, then you have no choice but to not only vote Democratic, but take lots of other Democratic votes with you. Really long show today, by the way. I just want to mention. Really? I just know. Yeah, I it's, just noticed the it's clock. It's gone so fast. I know. Well, I just I wanted to add one last thing about the gerrymandering thing. I just had yes. noticed that we. Oh my God, we're so late. But um, the advantage to what the Democrats have done with gerrymandering this time around uh-huh. is that now's the time to try to get Republicans on board with banning gerrymandering. If Republicans see that Democrats have done enough gerrymandering to neutralize the Republican gerrymandering, mm-hmm. that's a great way to get Republicans on board. Say, hey, listen, right. you know, this is we're stymieing each other. Why don't we just fucking get rid of it? Why don't we just eliminate it? And they may want to go along. You may get a couple of them that might want to go along with something like that. It's always also, worth a shot. I can also see uh, bipartisan support for reform of the Electoral College. Uh, yeah. You yeah. know, that can a separate and complicated topic that could be good or bad. Mm. Uh, but but uh, that's, that's on the table as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, as long as the Republicans feel stymied by the Electoral College, yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. the way to uh, get them on board. They have to feel yeah. the hurt before they will make a move along those lines at all. Even if that, I mean, they may just go, hey, you know what? We're going to stick with gerrymandering to own the libs. (laughs) Even though they're getting stymied by it. Even though they're getting neutralized from it. You know, they're just that dumb. They're just that incomprehensible. I don't know how to even explain it. It's it's hard to, yeah, it's like nailing jello to a wall trying to to describe... Republicans these days. Yeah, well, so really there's is. there's apparently there's no extra charge for the extra time 
we've uh, devoted today. But uh, there is yeah. is an extra charge for what we're about to do. <laughs> That's right. We're about to do the Shadow Docket program on our Patreon page. That's patreon.com slash Show or bobseskashow.com. Thank you so much for subscribing, and yeah. thank you for joining us over there. The last third of the show, you're missing out. You, we've only finished... Like the first two-thirds of what we meant to talk about today, there's still more show happening, and we're going to shove it all into the uh, shadow docket on our Patreon page. So run, don't walk to sign up right now. $5 a month. That's all it takes. You get two post-mortem shows. I, I said post-mortem again. I can't believe it. <laughs> Old habits die hard. That's what it used to be called. Shadow docket. Yeah, you get two shadow docket shows every week uh, on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And, uh, again, every week, despite the fact that it's a $5 a month charge on our Patreon page. And it's uh, you, you won't really, even really notice it popping out of your account once a month. So no. uh, it's a bargain at twice the price. We pass the savings on to you, as they say. So coming up on the uh, Shadow Docket, we're going to talk about a few things here in the remaining min- minutes of the show. Mm-hmm. going to talk about uh, the lab monkeys that are on the run in Pennsylvania. Oh, yes. In fact, I don't know if there's anything more to say about it than what I just said. Just monkeys next. Yes, monkeys coming up. Monkeys on the show. Uh, Neil Young is stepping forward. Good. To, I'm to glad have we're a, talking about that. Having a come to Jesus moment with Spotify. We're going to talk about that here in a second. Plus an announcement. Uh, I'm not going to say what it is, but an announcement about one of our favorite Fox News programs and all of our favorite. Oh. <laughs> all I one of our favorite uh, Fox News hosts, and uh, that's all. <laughs> Coming up on the Shadow Docket Show. Again, that's on our Patreon page, bobseskashow.com. Join us over there. It's fun. It's affordable. And uh, get lots more show. Okay. Thanks for signing up. We'll see you over there, folks. Bye-bye. Because you are a dumb son of a bitch. (laughs) You are. A big darn deal.